Hi, I'm Bill Arnold. Thank you for listening to this podcast. There are many more podcasts available at MyFaithRadio.com. Your support makes this possible. Thank you. And a warm welcome to the afternoon show. I'm Bill Arnold. Thank you for uh, listening today. Thank you for offering me your attention. I pray that I'm worthy of it and that I can hold it. I want my show to be a a joyous classroom. And today we're all going to learn about the church calendar and about the specific days of Holy Week. I'm looking forward to this because I have a lot to learn in this area. My guest is uh, Ken Samples. He's a senior research scholar at reasons.org. He's the author of several books, including Christianity Cross-Examined, Classic Christian Thinkers, and God Among Sages. He also leads Reasons to Believe Straight Thinking podcast and also writes Reflections, a weekly blog dedicated to exploring the Christian worldview. Ken, welcome back. Hi, Bill. It's good to be with you. Yeah, happy Holy Week. I'm I'm excited for uh, all Christians this week as we should be thrilled with what's going on. Yeah, it's a very special time, and uh, I think a lot of times many Christians don't know some of the details that kind of stand behind it, so I'm I'm glad we're going to have a chance to chat a little bit about it. Yeah, maybe we can start by just defining what what is the church calendar. Yeah, that's uh, that's a terrific question. I'm gonna I'm gonna start very broad, and then we'll narrow focus. Um, you know, think about calendars in general. I mean, some of us have a work calendar where, you know, we look at the year and we say, hey, I've got these projects during this time or that time of the year. And then, of course, uh, maybe even more familiar in terms of a calendar is uh, being an American or being a Canadian or or being in some other country that has a particular calendar. For example, in America, you not only have uh uh, holy days uh, like Christmas and um, you know Easter. I mean, when I was a a young college student, that wasn't all that long ago, late seventies, early eighties. Um, you know, we didn't we didn't say, well, I have uh, winter break or or spring break. We would say, hey, we're going on Christmas break. We're going on um, Easter break. Now a lot of that's changed, but. On the calendar, you also have days that are very important to Americans. Uh, I'm an American. My uh, number of family members have fought in some major wars. Uh, so Fourth of July is a very important day. Wow, you know, that's the beginning of American independence. We also have uh, Memorial Day, a day we we think about those who have uh, died for their country in America. Thanksgiving Day you know, kind of a unique American day. And and certainly true, you know, the Brits don't celebrate 4th of July, but that's that's kind of the American calendar. Now let's focus on what we call the church calendar. Well, the church calendar really um, has come into existence over many centuries. Uh, many of the more formally liturgical churches, like let's say the Eastern Orthodox Church, Uh, the Roman Catholic Church, uh, Protestantism, the Anglican, Lutheran Church, 
Well, they have a calendar, and different churches celebrate different parts. Some have more formal calendars, others have less. But the calendar really reflects a cycle, uh, Bill, that celebrates uh, each year the great events of Jesus's life, his birth, uh, his, uh, his ministry, his death, his resurrection. And uh, so the Advent, uh, or the Advent is the beginning of the calendar. That's kind of the beginning of the church year. The church year ends with, the, you know, Holy Week, the uh, the events of Jesus' suffering, etc., then his resurrection, uh, his glorious ascension. So this is a calendar centered around, rather than our particular lives, it's a calendar centered around the person of Jesus. Mm-hmm. Now, Ken, as we expand on this topic uh, more, there are calendars for uh, certain denominations have liturgical calendars, but we're talking right now just about a, a more broad church calendar. Do I have that right? That, that, that's right. Now, now again, um, you know, when I say liturgical churches, well, the, the word liturgical just means a, a service. But there are churches that have a more formal liturgy, and churches with more formal liturgies usually have more ex of an expansive calendar. So, you know, in the Catholic Church, in the Orthodox Church, the Anglican Church, uh, you would have particular days uh, that may honor, you know, particular saints. Mm -hmm. uh, St. Augustine or St. Athanasius or uh, in a Protestant context, you know, the Lutheran Church, uh, Reformed Church, you have Reformation uh, Day. So the, the calendar is going to be more expansive uh, for many of the liturgical churches, and it will include not only the great events of Jesus's life, but they'll fill in places with uh, devotion, feast days, recognition of saints, and, and there's even other periods of time, open periods of time in the calendar, where you might focus on, you know, some of the great truths of the nature of God. Mm -hmm. uh, we have Trinity Sunday and things like that. But when it comes to church calendar, uh, Ken Samples, is is this week that we are, uh, that we have in front of us, maybe the, the greatest uh, week of the, of the year? I think that that's right. Um, of course, it's, you know, when we talk about uh, Advent, which leads into Christmas, you know, when we when we say Jesus has come in the flesh, uh, we're talking about God, the second person of the Trinity became a man. Uh, rem we can't separate that from what comes later, but mm -hmm. your point, I think, is right on target. And that is, this is really the... Uh, the climactic events of Jesus's ministry. Um, you know, he spent three years teaching, healing, but it's that kind of last week of his life, Holy Week, that would would include, you know, him uh, coming to Jerusalem. It would involve, uh, uh, you know, him engaging with his apostles and, of course, his death and, and then his resurrection. Mm-hmm. Now, what I'd love to do, I hope you are able to help me with this, but maybe look at the specific days of Holy Week, and we can ask, what do the specific days of Holy Week focus on? Now, today, yeah. earlier, we were talking about Jesus uh, yesterday having 
uh, ro- rode into Jerusalem on a donkey and today clearing the temple. And so there's activities yeah. that go on every day with the possible exception of we really don't know what happened Tuesday. Was it Tuesday or yeah, Wednesday? There, we don't know. There are, there's usually a greater focus on particular days, but uh, in again, in the more liturgical churches, you have uh, Palm Sunday, which precedes uh, Easter Sunday. But uh, the key days, you might say, you know, uh, Monday, Thursday or Holy Thursday, there's a focus on the Last Supper. Uh, you know, Jesus uh, cleanses uh, the feet of his disciples. Uh, th- this would be a, a strong emphasis upon, wow, what, what is... Uh, what is that uh, Lord's Supper? What is the Eucharist there? So there would be a discussion of what that means. Uh, Good Friday, of course, would be, uh, you know, the day in which there's a lot of somber thinking, a lot of reflection. Uh, the day that Jesus was crucified, that he died. Uh, what, is, what is the meaning of that? Uh, how, do we, how do we focus and even understand that? Uh, then some would even talk about uh, uh, Holy Saturday. Jesus is in the tomb. Um, you know, these raise lots of questions like, um, what what do we think about God when, you know, he seems distant? Well, what, what did Jesus feel on the cross? Uh, and then finally, Easter Sunday, the, the resurrection, uh, the, you know, the, the high day of the entire church year where historic Christians believe that uh, Jesus was dead on Friday, but he rose and uh, on Sunday morning he appeared. And so we think about the glorious resurrection. What does that mean in light of our death? What does it mean in light of uh, eternal life? So yeah, um, Holy Week has a very special uh, time for us. It gives, gives us a lot of a lot of things to think about, to reflect upon, to pray about. And that's one of the reasons I think the calendar is very important. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's you talk about a week that's packed with events and packed with deep, meaningful things to, to pray about, think about, process. This week has got everything in it. That's exactly right. And, and again, what what is special about that? I think uh, a lot of times in the liturgy, let's say, you know, the minister or the, the priest, they may say, hey, we're going to have these readings during this week. I know my pastor, I go to an Anglican church, my pastor, he has all the biblical passages where we can read about uh, Holy Thursday, the uh, the Last Supper. We can read about the Passion of Christ on on Good Friday. We can read the resurrection narratives on Sunday. And so this gives us an opportunity to read scripture, to think about these events. And Bill, I think one more important point that we could talk about is, uh, you know, instead of focusing on our life all the time, our lives are important. The life of our family, our work, all of these things are very important. But this gives us an opportunity to kind of think about the life of Christ and how is it that I relate to those events. Mm-hmm. It's interesting with Easter being a, a different date usually every year that we often ask the question, when is Easter this year? Do you think that as well? 
that that's right there there are certain holy days that you know appear every year uh christmas is a great example you know december 25th uh it's not the day jesus was born on but it, it is the day that the church decided hey we're going to celebrate that what precedes the four weeks that precede into christmas are called advent or mm -hmm. hey christians start thinking about his coming and uh yeah, that, that that's that the, this week is packed, and uh, I I think it's great because I think it gives us an opportunity to maybe turn a little attention away from the things that consume us. Even though good, I mean, our families are important, our work is important, but then we can start thinking about uh, how did how do I relate to Jesus? Mm -hmm. Historic Christianity's Understanding of Holy Week and the Church Calendar. That's our topic of discussion today with philosopher and theologian Ken Samples. You can learn more about Ken at reasons.org. If anything we say you have a question about, let me know what it is. You can text it over, 877-933-2484. We'll be right back with Ken. Thanks for listening to Afternoons with Bill Arnold. I'm Carmen LeBurge. If you enjoy what you're listening to here, consider subscribing to other great Faith Radio podcasts like mine. Search Mornings with Carmen LeBurge at MyFaithRadio.com or wherever you listen to podcasts and hit subscribe. Once a month, I get to talk to professor and theologian and philosopher Ken Samples. Always glad to learn from Ken, because I always do. He's at reasons.org. You can learn more about him there. He is an author of many books, including Christianity Cross-Examined, Classic Christian Thinkers, and God Among Sages. Always glad to have Ken on. We're talking today about historic Christianity's understanding of Holy Week. And Ken, I, I grew up Catholic, so when I was a... A youngster, it was the one week I was in church more than any other week of the year. I could imagine. I, I grew up Roman Catholic as well. And okay. uh, Holy Week is, you know, it's it's the heart of the church calendar. It's the heart of the church year. Mm -hmm. uh, it's a very special time. And those liturgical, and again, I'm going to emphasize very formal liturgical churches, because every church has a Every church has a service, but in the Catholic Church, uh, the Orthodox Church, the Anglican Church, some of the other churches, you, you have a you have a church calendar that is packed full. And of course, uh, Holy Week in 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 the Catholic tradition, the Orthodox tradition, the Anglican tradition, these are very important days. Yeah, and when I think of my Catholic upbringing, I happened to love that week. It was Monday, Thursday. It was Good Friday. It was Stations of the Cross on Saturday, and it was Easter Sunday. And it was really a very impactful week for me, as a, even as a kid, and just loved it. And one of the things I also found about the liturgical calendar of, of Catholicism is the, the the liturgy for the Mass on one day in 
Minneapolis is the same as it is in Southern California as the same as it is in Peru. That was one thing I always found fa- very fascinating about the calendar, the Roman Catholic calendar. That, that is a fascinating point. And, and again, I, I think this gets us into the idea that there are benefits from this. And I mean, you don't, uh, you don't have to be a Roman Catholic to uh, appreciate the church calendar, but what I think is important is there, there are things in the liturgical churches that maybe the less formal churches, I think, can learn from. And uh, again, uh, Protestants and Catholics and Orthodox, they have, uh, they agree on a lot. Now, of course, when I talk about Orthodox, Catholic, and Protestants, I'm talking about those who are conservative in their theology. I'm not talking about liberal theology, uh, not talking about, you know, the mainline type of churches. But yeah, Catholics uh, have a rich tradition, uh, the traditional Catholics and uh, the Orthodox, the traditional Orthodox, they have a very rich church calendar and tradition, as do Protestants. And and what I hope is, um, you know, even in churches that may not have much of a calendar, and you know, there are non-denominational churches who don't uh, recognize saints or wouldn't have a station of the cross or something like that. But, you know, even they have have maybe a very scaled back church calendar where they certainly recognize Christmas. They recognize, you know, Holy Week and things like that. So in a sense, all churches have a calendar, but some of them are much more extensive and uh I think there's a lot to learn from Christian history. Yeah, Ken, do say more. I, I want to go back if we can just talk a little bit more about the specific days of Holy Week, because here we are. And a listener just chimed in and, and said that that a pastor friend gave a spreadsheet of Holy Week, and it says that the Olivet Discourse was on Tuesday. So a um, lot happened this week. Yeah. Um, yeah, and, and I, you know, I think that that... Uh, you know, here here is another very valuable idea, Bill. Um, you know, a lot of times we go to church and uh, we hear we hear a sermon, but this is the time of year where we we look very closely at not just uh, Jesus's life, but right the you know the crucial events that lead right down to the things that are so critical where he, again, comes into Jerusalem on a donkey. What an extraordinary thing that a king would come in mm. on a donkey. Well, again, this is tied to the Old Testament. The Old, the Old Testament, you, you know, you could say that the, uh, the Old Testament didn't have a calendar, but it did have feast days. You had Passover, you had Pentecost, you had booths. So, you know, Jesus is coming in, and uh, of course, to understand that, we look to the Old Testament. The, you know, the, the uh, New Testament gives us details about h- how these were fulfilled. Yeah, and, and there are various days. Uh, again, we've talked about Holy Thursday. We've talked about Good Friday. We've talked about Easter Sunday. But even after that, uh, the church calendar extends uh, you know, t- to Jesus being assumed bodily into heaven. So what I what I really appreciate about this time of year, and I think that this is a great opportunity uh, to talk with non-Christian people, because, 
you know, a lot of people are saying, wow, you know, this is a time of the year. It's called Holy Week. What, what is all that about? What, why are these particular days so important? I, I enjoy being able to read the biblical text, think about the particular days, and then maybe, uh, you know, share. I have relatives who are not Christian, and, you know, they, they might ask me, why is this such an important time of year? And mm-hmm. able to share with them. Yeah. Ken Samples is my guest. And we're talking about Holy Week and its historical uh, significance. Ken, when I look last week, I was talking about 10 events that appear in all four Gospels. And there's in the top 10, we've got Jesus's triumphal entry into Jerusalem. We have Jesus talking about there's a betrayer in the midst, in the midst obviously Judas, there's Peter denying Jesus. There's Pilate pronounces a sentence upon Jesus. They crucified the king of the Jews. Jesus dies. He's buried in a tomb. And the ladies in the morning went to the tomb. These are events that appear in all four Gospels. That tells me this week is pretty important uh, <laughs> in the life of, uh, of our Savior. This is it. Yeah, and you know, I think when you uh, when you think of the New Testament, when you think of the Gospels, obviously the Gospels can't cover everything about Jesus's life. Some things, uh, you know, we're told, but yeah, the all of the Gospels have a very focused attention upon these uh, events that are happening near the end of Jesus's life, uh, his death, his crucifixion, his resurrection. And so it is It is a time of heavy reflection. And of course, Bill, one thing we didn't talk about, what precedes uh, Holy Week is called Lent. That's a period modeled after Jesus being in the wilderness, fasting for 40 days. Many of the liturgical churches will encourage their people to take that 40-day period to, to maybe fast, uh, to have time of prayer, special time of reading. Uh, thinking and and anticipating what's coming next. What's coming next is those great events of Jesus's final week. Mm. So, Ken, it sounds like we would be really smart to have a full understanding of all these events on a on a calendar, so we can pay better attention to them. I think there are many benefits, you know, and and we could also talk a bit later about you know uh do all christians have to do this or these kinds of things but you know one of the things that i try to do in my own public ministry is i like to share with uh, particularly people who don't have a lot of focus on church history to say you know it's it's a it's a it's a diamond mine you can mm-hmm. mine it for all these jewels and benefits of church history so um, you know, non-denominational churches have benefits, uh, but denominational liturgical churches have benefits. And uh, I think church history has a lot to teach us. I agree. We're going to take a little break and come back with Professor Theologian Ken Samples. We're talking today about historic Christianity's understanding of Holy Week. We'll be right back.
afternoon show with Bill Arno. Drive time, drive time, let's get it started. Jump in your car, what's for dinner? It's the afternoon show with Bill Arno. My guest this hour is Ken Samples. Ken is a theologian and a philosopher, and he is at reasons.org, is a senior research scholar. He's authored many books. You can learn more about him at reasons.org. Today we're talking about the historic uh, understanding of Holy Week, Christianity's historic understanding. And then specifically, we're chatting about church calendars. And what about the specific days of Holy Week, what they mean, what they focus on. And Ken, I'm curious, do all Christian churches follow the church calendar? You know, that's an interesting question because I, I, I almost want to say yes and no. And uh, in a broad way, I would say yes. Um, now, again, some of the more formal liturgical churches have a much broader, expansive calendar that would include not only, you know, Christmas Day and, and Easter Sunday, but would include the broad calendar that would involve the season of Advent that leads into Christmas. Uh, later, that it would involve, um, you know, Lent that would lead into Holy Week and things mm. of that nature. And on top of that, you would have all of the particular feast days where various saints are recognized, and they're recognized for their teaching or their accomplishments, uh, things of that nature. Now. Uh, Oftentimes, other churches have a very scaled back. I, I noticed, uh, this is my own perception, I noticed that in, a, in a, uh, a Lutheran church, it's a little bit more scaled back than, let's say, an Anglican, but then a Reformed church would be a little more scaled back than a, than a Lutheran, and, you know, other churches may scale it back, uh, but, you know, in, in many ways, all Christian churches celebrate particular days. Now, there ha there have been in church history uh, particular groups that had said, you know, wait a second, this isn't this isn't specifically taught in Scripture. I mean, uh, we are do we are in effect talking about uh, tradition. Uh, there, that is, there's nothing in Scripture that says, okay, you have to have you have to have this celebration of Holy Week. You have to have this celebration of you know, Advent and Christmas Day, but I would say it's it is tradition that's consistent with Scripture. It's not explicit or formally taught in Scripture, um, but it, it is consistent with with tradition. And and again, I think that educates a lot of us that uh, you know there's a lot of tradition. Now, some tradition isn't consistent with Scripture, in my opinion, but there's other traditions that are very valuable. And uh, so in most sense, I think uh, all the churches have some kind of church calendar. It can be very expansive or it can be very scaled back. Mm -hmm. Now, Ken, you had mentioned about the different uh, church denominations and you had mentioned or a reformed position or an or, or a Anglican position, which you come from. Would you give me and our, my listeners a little understanding of what your church calendar would look like in your church? Yeah, I, I um, I've you know have had a journey in my my Christian life. Uh, I was uh, born into a Catholic family. Uh, you know, when I was four, my parents 
My parents, interestingly enough, were evangelicals that converted to Catholicism. So I was baptized as a four-year-old with our entire family. Mm -hmm. uh, so we're converts to the church. And I kind of grew up uh, kind of interested and then maybe not so interested in various times of my life. Uh, then I, I started taking my Catholicism ser pretty seriously. But when I uh, was a college student, I became a Protestant. I became mm -hmm. an evangelical. And within that broad evangelical community, I've, uh, I've been a member of a Lutheran church. I've been a member of a Reformed church. Now I attend an Anglican church. Now, again, all of the churches within Christendom have a great deal in common. Uh, there are also real differences. I don't want to say there aren't uh, between Catholic, Orthodox, and Protestant. There are questions about uh, the authority of Scripture. There are questions about justification by faith. There are questions about devotion to Mary and all of those kinds of things. But uh, my point here on, on the church calendar and particularly Holy Week, it, it seems like the Anglican Church I attend now has more in common in terms of the church calendar and the liturgy with the Catholic Church. Uh, yet, we're, you know, we also recognize Reformation Day uh, and all of those kinds of things. Um, I, I am very thankful for all of the churches that I have attended. I tend to be the type of person that tries to look for unity and, and uh, where it can be grateful. But, you know, there's points of tension and there, there are debates, but I've learned a lot from all of the, uh, the church traditions I've belonged to. Mm -hmm. So, Ken, what will be your, your schedule this week, and w will you attend church more than uh, once this week? Indeed. Well, uh, uh, last Sunday, Palm Sunday, uh, in my church, in the Anglican Church, uh, we began with, uh, uh, you know, we were, we were given palms that we that we so we we talked about Jesus's entry into Jerusalem that was part of the reading and we received palms as kind of celebrating that kind of thing uh I will I will be going to church on Monday Thursday which uh we'll talk about you know those great events of the last supper etc uh I plan God willing to be in church on Good Friday as well because there will be a time of discussing, wow, you know, Jesus's passion, uh, his death. Uh, I don't think there is a more uh, important death of any person in history than the death of Jesus. Agree. And so that would be Good Friday. And and even, sat, even uh, while I won't be attending Saturday, uh, I certainly will be attending, uh, unless I have a heart attack, I'll be <laughs> at church on Easter Sunday. Yeah. So Celebrating the resurrection. Yeah. Amen. A listener asked Ken, her or his or her understanding was from Matthew 21, 12 and Luke 19, 45, that Jesus cleared the temple on Palm Sunday. Is that correct? Um, I, I, I'm not sure. I'm not, I'm not sure of that. That might, that might be correct. Mm -hmm. Uh, that's, I'm not sure of that. You, you, you'll have to check. I was pretty, I was pretty sure that it happened uh, the, on Monday, the day after Palm Sunday. But anyway, 
I was uh, always willing to take questions, and sometimes yep. uh, you yeah. have ones that you got to do a little digging on, and that's the most fun when you get to do a little bit more study and research. I know that's where that's your brain right. goes. You have five thousand books in your library. I think I have five. Yes, so anyway. and I and you know what? I have more books than I need, but not as many as I want. <laughs> I know that to be true about you, Ken Samples. All right, um, let's talk a little bit more about the the church calendar because I find this fascinating. And I know there's there are lots of positive features uh, about the church calendar uh, in general and Holy Week in particular. Yeah, this is good stuff. Um, you know, really very positive uh, things that 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 we can think about. Um, one of the things that I think is very important here is is history in time and space. You know. When I study Buddhism and I study Hinduism and some of the other religions, they're not so historically folk focused. Now, certainly Judaism is and Christianity, of course, and, and even Islam. But in a lot of the Eastern religions, you know, you're trying to get away from history. What I what I appreciate here is we believe that we believe something that is extraordinary, Bill. We believe something that is so extraordinary, it's greater than than all fiction. That's what J.I. Packer said. He said, because we believe that God has come in the flesh, mm-hmm. that God has taken a human nature. So salvation has come in the person of Christ in time and space. And so, you know, the world in which we live, it's it's we might say this is the visited planet. This is, you know. Uh, one of the astronauts uh, who landed on the moon said, "You know, it's a, it's a, people people say it's an extraordinary thing to have walked on the Earth, but one of the Apollo astronauts said it's it's a greater thing that God walked the Earth. You know, one man walking on the moon, wow, but God <laughs> walked the Earth. So I I think what is extraordinary there is you know this has happened in time and space. This is not a myth." It's not a legend. If you think of a myth or a legend as something that you know is false, uh, this is a historical truth that we that we celebrate. And uh, I think I think we can return to a point we've kind of alluded to a number of times that that this tradition of the calendar or this way of focusing our worship, uh, this reflects centuries of reflection on how to honor and how to commemorate the glorious events of Jesus's life, death, and resurrection. So I see a lot of very positive benefits. And, and even in the questions we've gotten, people are saying, okay, well, wait a second here. I'm reading this in scripture. What, what, what day do we associate that with? And so I think it I think it draws us back to scripture. It draws us back to reading these events and then and then going to church. And again, uh, I don't know about you, but I can be pretty consumed with my life. Mm-hmm. You know, what's I've got this to do, I've got that to do. It's a pretty great thing to be able to say, wow, uh, I'm going to focus on the events of Jesus's life and and my life is now really focused by identity is focused in those events that that happened to him mm-hmm. so I, I love that ken i i'm i love that that's 
something that we can aspire to is to focus on the events in the life of Jesus and to have that be on our calendar in in bigger, bolder print than anything else on our calendar. It, it really is important. And, and again, it's not to say that all these other things I do are unimportant, but the time oh, I spend not. with my family and my my time at work, I have lots of commitments that the Lord, of course, has ordained for me to follow. But, you know, it's it's easy to get caught up in, hey, I've got so many things to do, or uh, I've accomplished this or that, mm -hmm. or think about, you know, to think about, you know, regular holidays that are not religious. I think this really does give us a time to 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 focus and bring scripture, bring church tradition, bring our devotion together. Mm -hmm. Ken Samples is my guest. We're talking about historic Christianity's understanding of Holy Week. If you have a question, let me know, 877-933-2484. We've talked about what is the church calendar and the specific days of Holy Week and what they focused on. It's been a very interesting hour. Again, Ken Samples is my guest. And if you have questions or comments, 877-933-2484. We'll be right back. Faith Radio and Afternoons with Bill podcasts are available because of listener support. If you are a supporter, thank you so much. Becoming a supporter today by visiting myfaithradio.com. Ken Samples is my guest. He is a professor, a theologian, a philosopher. He's got a lot going. And he is at reasons.org. You can learn more about him. He's written a number of books. You can learn about them there as well. He's got a lovely bio. You can check it out at reasons.org. Today we're talking about historic Christianity and the calendar. And Ken, I'm wondering how we take full advantage of understanding the calendar and using it to our uh, advantage to advance the kingdom. I feel kind of ignorant about a whole bunch of dates that would appear on the calendar that I need to remind myself to get better informed of. Well, I'm in that same boat. I mean, you know, just doing a little prep for this topic, it, this is a, an expansive topic. Uh, obviously, the church has uh, had these kinds of devotions over many centuries. There's a lot to learn. Some, some focus on uh, certain aspects, others on others. I, I think I think it is a time where we can we can take advantage of uh, things and and again I'm kind of underscoring a, a few points that we made but that's a good thing um, you know instead of instead of thinking about my life I try to take my mind off myself and think about the events of Jesus's life I try to think about how uh, those events then relate to me. Um, I, I, it kind of helps the church calendar kind of helps me to think, you know, in a broad, expansive way. Well, how does how does Jesus being God and man it, that we celebrate Advent, we celebrate Christmas? How would that later relate to the, you know, the 
the closing of the calendar or the the height of the calendar, and mm-hmm. that would be his death and resurrection. Well, because he's God and man, Advent means that he can reconcile God and man, you know, on Good Friday. Mm-hmm. So kind of tying these uh, ideas together. And, um, you know, uh, as I've as I've pointed out, I think it also gives us an opportunity to maybe bring up conversations. You know, evangelism can sometimes be uh, difficult or awkward for people. But, you know, I find that this is oftentimes a time in which I can have conversations where I can say, hey, look, uh, you know, here's what's happening in the church here. This is why we call this Holy Week. Um, Maybe I can share with you a little bit about what happened on Holy Week, and maybe you can give consideration to what you think about this person, Jesus. And, Mm. you know, do you believe that he existed? If you do, uh, what do you think of his death and resurrection? What, What about these gospel claims? Mm-hmm. And Ken, I was thinking, I was trying to quiz myself without using Mr. Google. What is the next calendar event after Easter? And I got a little sweaty. And then I was thinking it might be the Ascension Day, which is, isn't that 40 days after Resurrection Day, where Jesus ascends back into heaven from the Mount of Olives? That's that's right. And uh, so it would go into Ascension and and if you look at the calendar broadly, there's open periods of time where, again, they may focus on the Trinity, they may focus on the Holy Spirit. And, um, you know, some of, again, some of the churches have more expansive, but yeah, that's right. And I, I like that. I like that cycle. It's it's a, a cycle that happens each year. And, uh, you know, that that's a wonderful thing to think about. How do I fit? How does my life fit? And how can I focus more on the biblical events uh, or the events of my historic Christian faith rather than always thinking about what's happening right in front of me at the at the present time? Mm-hmm. It is um, a really good exercise when we talk about things like Ascension Day. Of course, this is going to be the 40th day after Easter. I just double-checked my notes here, and it is that day when Jesus ascends back into heaven from the Mount of Olives, which overlooks Jerusalem. And I think, boy, I can't think of anything more spectacular than people witnessing him leaving from the Mount of Olives and ascending, being raptured up into heaven. And yet there were still some people that walked away doubting. <laughs> That's exactly right. You know, and, and again, I think that is a benefit of... Uh, the church year of of a, maybe a more formal liturgy, because you're not only reading these passages, you they they get you to focus on what's happening uh, at you know as you look at this broad cycle of events. And yeah, I mean, I mean, the life of Jesus is extraordinary, and the claim of the New Testament is this: this is not. Uh, a myth that happened or dreamed up by people uh, at various times, this is actually part of history where God has broken in, the supernatural has has come in. And uh, maybe one more point here, Bill, and, and that is it gives us an opportunity to kind of look at the Old and the New Testament. You know, mm-hmm. Jesus was the Messiah. 
Jesus was the Jewish Messiah. How does uh, how do we appreciate uh, the Hebraic elements, the Hebrew elements of our Bible, and how do Christians, uh, you know, bring the two together? So this is this is a very special time. You know, if your mind thinks that way, Ken, and you you can almost picture a calendar of being a creative way to tell the story of Jesus. You've got Advent and the anticipation. You've got the incarnation at Christmas. Then you've got the the revelation, the epiphany. You've got Lent and the crucifixion. Then you have the resurrection and the death and burial of Jesus, and then the ascension uh, from the Mount of Olives. I mean, it's if you can just picture in your mind the events on a calendar it might help you remember sharing the story of Jesus in a creative way with somebody. And if you, if you recognize that through the church, you know, the church would often be teaching people uh, about these events, proclaiming these events. Um, You know, not everybody uh, throughout history could, you know, was extremely literate and had, uh, you know, the reading skills, but the church could proclaim these things. And, It may be reflected in the art of the church. Uh, Again, you know, some people get a little uncomfortable with some art in churches. I tend to appreciate uh, when you can you can kind of visually see these things. And again, there there Christians do not all agree about what is appropriate uh, art and things like that. But yeah, this gives us an opportunity, I think, to to hear these things, to talk about them, and uh, kind of gives us a little organization as maybe we we not only talk with our Christian friends, but maybe our non-Christian friends and say, hey, here's, you know, here is a, a summary of the life of Jesus. Mm-hmm. Well, Ken, I think a lot of believers are, are really quite uh, intentional and diligent on the 40 days of reflecting on the suffering of Jesus that we're going through right now and makes Easter Sunday a celebration like no other. I I think it's, you know, again, I I think that that's a very valuable period. And uh, it reminds us, uh, you know, that our spiritual life can, we, we can often, we can often get lazy. We can often have down periods. And I, I think, you know, a period like Lent, it challenges us, you know, to, to think, spend more time in prayer, maybe sacrifice certain things. Uh, you know, those are not, uh, you know, we're not trying to work our way to heaven. We are really trying to devote ourselves. And I see um, all of these things as being consistent with grace. Uh, even though, you know, we're not taught in scripture, hey, you have to keep the, the Holy Week. These are traditions that are consistent with Scripture, and I, I think the, they're very valuable to us. Mm-hmm. Ken, how have you prepared uh, yourself this year for this week? Well, one of the things I've been thinking about, you know, I've had some health challenges of, of, of recent. And, I did know that. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it made me think a little bit about how do I challenge, how do I deal with the uh, how do I deal with the difficulties in my life? And it's made me think a little bit, well, how did Jesus deal uh, with, you know, suffering and crucifixion? 
uh, maybe my sufferings in my life, I can think a little bit about, you know, he was a person who suffered a great deal. And, uh, you know, suffering is part of our lives. So it's it's given me a little time, you know, to to think about Jesus. And I, I've challenged myself, can I be courageous? Uh, I, I can't do what Christ did, but I can be courageous and say, Lord, I have a small cross. You have the the ultimate cross, but I want to, I want to learn from your example. Yeah. I always try to say, can I take my small story and place it inside his big story? Yeah. That's I like a that safe, safe place for it to be. Ken, I always enjoy our, our conversations and I thank you for uh, talking to us about the church calendar and each day that we are going to be focusing on this week with it being Holy Week. It's always a delight and I learn every time we chat. So thank you for being on the show today. My pleasure, Bill. Thank you. Ken Samples has been my guest. If you want to learn more about Ken, you can go to reasons.org, reasons.org. Not only is he a professor, but a theologian and philosopher. And you can, uh, again, learn about him at reasons.org. His books include Christianity Cross-Examined, Classic Christian Thinkers, and God Among Sages. I've enjoyed so much being with you today, and I want to thank all my guests, the Monday Afternoon Mix and Patrick and Ken Samples for making this a wonderful uh, couple hours of teaching and scripture engagement and just being together in fellowship. Thank you for your time and your attention. I hope you have a wonderful evening, and I look forward to being with you tomorrow. Have a great night, everyone. Thanks for listening. Programming like this is made available through your support. Information available at MyFaithRadio.com.